Amen. God, you're good. God, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. God, you're good. You're good. You're good. Such a good, 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 good God. Thank you for your goodness, God, manifested, Lord, in our lives, God, that, that you have just manifested and lavished, God, your love on us. I thank you, Jesus, that you loved us so much, that you took everything that would separate us from you upon yourself, Jesus, so that we could become one with you. And God, we could partake of your goodness. God, you're so good. You're so good. So God, we come to you. God, with reckless abandon, we give you everything. God, take the good. Take the bad. Take the ugly. God, take everything. God, we just surrender it all to you. Take my agenda, my opinion. God, I want what you want. God, we thank you. You guys can just stay up there. I was in the prayer room before service for quite some time. And then when I was there, I the Lord gave me a vision. As I was in the prayer room, I was sitting down and suddenly everything went black. And as everything went black, I, I saw that I was like floating in space. And I knew it was space because I could see stars and I could see planets and I could see what you see. I saw solar systems and I was floating in space and I felt myself, I don't know how else to explain it, ask God, God, what is this? And as I asked him that, I felt like the Lord revealed to me that this is the vastness of my love for you. This is the hugeness, the ginormity of my love for you and then suddenly as I was sitting there suddenly it's like I didn't feel like I was sitting it's like I was off the floor I was floating sounds weird I get it I get it but this is what happened and so as I was floating in space suddenly everything went from the the cosmos and the planets and the stars and the vastness everywhere I would look was just stars and planets and solar systems and the giant God saying this is the ginormity of my love and then all of a sudden it went from this huge vast stars and, and it went down to everything was white and then there was this little dot that now represented that solar system and the hugeness that is God's love. And I'm thinking, God, what is the, like, is it because I did something? Is there a depleting of your love? What is this? And I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me that's the understanding that you have concerning my love. It's just a drop in the bucket. The waves and oceans of God's love that are intended to overtake you and free you and liberate you. And a lot of times we just see that drop in the bucket. And God's saying that, and and as I was there, and this is how it ended, and then I was done, and I was done because I heard the worship team begin to practice. Thank you for bringing me out of the vision. I'm just kidding. No, it was good. It's good. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And so, and so, the, that little dot 
began to expand and grow and it was circular and it began to expand and I could start to make out the stars and as it began to grow I could start to make out the planets and God showed me before I whatever came out of this this is my revelation of love that I'm pouring out in the body today God is saying today that I am revealing through the sons and daughters I'm revealing my love to my people so that my people through the revelation of my love can take it to the wounded, the broken, the downcast, the rejected and and express and release and exemplify the love of God. Because it's so huge. That's why it says in scripture that from the from the, the the left to the right, from up to down, that we can't measure this amazing love that he has for us. Romans chapter 8 says this, what? Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare Listen to the hugeness of this statement. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Denoting that pertain to him, his goodness, his life, His righteousness, His peace, His joy. The hugeness, the vastness of God's love. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even um, at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. And I love that Paul got to this point that he was persuaded. And I think that as we experience the revelation of God's love, we continue to get it. We continue to get it until we too can say, I am persuaded. Paul got to a point from the place of being knocked off of his donkey experiencing, encountering the love of God, kicking against the goat, scripture tells us, against those conscious stings. From that point to this point in, in Romans where he said, for I am persuaded. I am persuaded. My mind is made up. I'm settled on this. 
I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, including yourself, because you are a created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, properly translated, which is found in our oneness with Him. people to share some stories of the goodness of God today. There was a teaching um, by Bill Johnson, and in that teaching, he talked about testimony and how that word testimony, this is so cool. In Hebrew, testimony means do it again. That's a part of that definition. And that's so huge because through sharing of your testimony, it's duplicating the goodness of God in someone else. I don't know what you're standing for, waiting for, believing for. It's a beautiful thing to wait on something, understanding and being persuaded like Paul was. See, it's hard to wait when you're not persuaded. It's hard to wait on what you know God's put in you. Those desires that God has put in your heart. It's hard to wait when you're not persuaded that he loves you and he keeps you. But it's quite another picture to wait. When like Paul we can say, I am persuaded. that nothing can separate me from the love of God. I want to share some stories of what has been happening. So, let's do it. We love you. I love you. <laughs> That's good. Hey, uh, Carrie, come on up, sir. Talk about what, how God healed you. I told you he wasn't here when we were talking about it, so I want him to share what happened. <laughs> God is good, yeah? All the time. Uh, it's taken a long time for me to get where I'm at now. A long time. Mm-hmm. I was a Christian back in 1980, but healings wasn't a part of my teaching. And uh, over Thanksgiving between Christmas, I tore my meniscus in my right knee. And I had the operation, and God used that surgeon to do wonderful things for my knee. But I was—I did not have total mobility in my knee. It wasn't back to normal. So, Brother William called anyone who was having knee problems. I hesitated. I was the last one to come up. He came over. As soon as he touched my knee, he left my knee into his hand. And total mobility entered my knee. Yeah, that's good. 
Praise Jesus. He's a man. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. God is good. <laughs> Amen. Who else? Courtney, you got a story? I feel like my whole insides are shaking. I'm going to throw up. Sorry. So that means I should do this. So if I barf, just excuse me. No. <laughs> um, um, I have had problems. I hate talking about weird stuff in front of people, but you're going to get it. Um, so I've had weird stuff in the girl organs. <laughs> it's the best way to stress. Since I was like 14, I've always had problems. I had um, a bunch of surgeries when I was like in my early 20s. And um, didn't have a lot of problems for like eight more years or whatever. Got married. Started having problems. So went back to the doctor like two weeks ago. And the doctor, uh, we went through all these symptoms. You know how they sit down and you narrow. It was a process of elimination. And what they had decided was that um, I had a large tumor inside, or at least a few smaller ones. So we had talked, and when he, you know, I was like, I, I don't know what this means or whatever, you know. So it was a little freaky for about a week. I was pretty sick and didn't really want to tell anybody, but we prayed and told Christine and Pastor, and we prayed. And that was then last Friday, not this last Friday, but the one before. Um, I had to have an ultrasound for them to look at and stuff. And I was in there. I mean, really, it, I was in there for like, it felt like three hours. They kept looking and looking, and I was like, what is going on? So the lady said, well, I don't see anything obvious, so we'll let the doctor call you Monday. So all weekend, I'm like wanting to barf. I'm like, I don't know what is happening inside. The feeling that something's going on inside of you you don't know is a very scary feeling. So I went all weekend, and then Monday afternoon of this week, the doctor called and said, I really don't know what's going on, but everything's fine. There's no tumor, right? So, so I was like, that's really weird. So I'm like, man, that's crazy. So we're talking, I'm like, I have no idea. So then I, I said to the doctor, like, so what does that mean? <laughs> I just didn't, it was just shocking. So I was like, okay, so there's nothing there. So, okay, whatever. So there was a follow-up test that I had to do Thursday. Um, so I went on the way out of town to Morgantown. I had to go to a conference on the way out of town Thursday. We did a last double check and found out that there definitely is no tumor or any problems, but there's a baby. Yeah! So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wow. God is good. About what? We missed some. I mean, is there more? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to lay down. Um, 
Yeah, so last Sunday in this, um, I was waiting for the doctor to call Monday. Dave was here praying for everybody. and Oh, yeah. He prayed. Yeah, the first thing he said was, do you have kids? And I said, no. He said, yes, you do. <laughs> no. Yes, you do. And I was like, okay, yes. Yeah. So he wanted me to keep saying it. So then, like, the whole rest of the day, we were talking to people, and, I, and he prayed about the youth. So we were like, he's talking about the youth group. Yeah, I do have kids, and I teach kids all the day. So, uh, yeah, how about wow. that? So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. <sighs> wow. God is good, yes. Who else wants to testify of God's goodness? Come on up here. Wow. Can you use this? I know, right? I don't think I'm going to be able to top that one. But um, <laughs> last week, the same thing with Dave. Um, he told me that I had this I had this touch and this ability to be able to heal. And um, a couple things, and it, I'll be rambling because I'm not really sure how to get it all out. I'd been really praying for this one guy who, Andy Emei, um, diagnosed with cancer and been praying and really working hard with this guy and um, the same thing, the test, the test and test and then he goes and it's gone, I mean just gone but then I start to question and I've been talking with Janice and Janice has been like my saving grace she's like my sister and got me through so much and I'm like you know if it is, it is, if, if he's lying at least you know I need to move forward she told me Friday night when I was driving to the hospital to see my son, she said, forgive him, preach, say what you need to say, get it out, just tell him what's going on. And I did, and I, I said, you know what, I forgive him. If he lied, he lied. God gave me that ability to understand and, and to appreciate that. But then Dave said, listen, because God's going to give you a message, and he's going to be very clear. He's not gonna, it's not going to be something you're not going to understand. And I was leaving Friday, and I saw my neighbors leaving, and thought they were friends, didn't know they were buying a house, been struggling with outside people and trying to find that friendship. And like 10 minutes on the radio, I'm driving alone down the road. And this preacher comes on and he's starting to talk about worldly friends. And he says, don't focus on your worldly friends. Find the people in Christ. And all of a sudden, it was revealed. That was, that was the Holy Spirit. He was talking to me, telling me, don't let these worldly friends get you down. I was getting, I was upset because they left. I didn't even know. And I was like, you know, praise God that he showed me. I don't need worldly friends. I have all of you. I have the family. And it, it was an amazing release that people that I talk to, if I see them, I say hello, but I feel like I don't need them. I've got God. Um, but then I have two things and, and I, it's not a testimony, but it's, it's really a request. Um, I have a 13-year-old son that has been battling with we don't know what it is. Um, been in the hospital in and out. And I, I asked that the church pray for him. Um, Janet had given me a really good prayer and went in and I did everything I could. I laid hands on him. I, I prayed for him. I mean, we just really just turned everything over. They didn't find anything, but he's still sick. So I'm not sure what that's going to be. Ask that, you know. That whatever he may, I mean, he it truly could be healed. I mean, but as of today, we don't know. You know, we take every day and we turn it over to God. And then my last request, and I'll, I'll turn it over to someone else. I have a really good couple that um, have twins. The little girl is two pounds. The boy is is average and growing, and she's not doing well. 
find out tomorrow what the decision is, and they're deciding in two weeks. Um, they're going to take both of the babies, C-section, but, you know, in, in two weeks, they may have a wonderful, beautiful boy and may have to go through the um, whole grieving process of, of burying and turning their daughter over to God early. So yeah. ask that, you know, I ask that everybody pray for them and yeah. keep them in their thoughts, especially for tomorrow. Hopefully that, you know, in two weeks that they'll deliver and she'll just be a special needs baby and, and they're a wonderful couple and they can handle it. But if that's not will and they're okay with what's in God's will that we allow God to handle that but it's still a hard thing knowing that they're both alive and they're both kicking and she's just the mother is just struggling because she can feel the little girl in there and she doesn't yeah yeah Janet come on up and pray for his son and pray for this these babies okay would you please thank you thank you uh, just before we pray uh Chris I remember this um there was a lady Deanna can testify to this, Karen. There was a lady that came to our church uh, when we went somewhere else, and she came in, and, and she didn't go there. She came in, and she said that she was so far along, and anyway, the, she said that I, I have a miscarriage. Tomorrow, I'm going to go get that. DNC. But they've already diagnosed it. So she went in, they started to do the DNC, and the doctor said, What's, we're not going to do anything like this. And she's like, why? And he said, well, everything's fine, because there was a word of knowledge and because of that word of knowledge our pastor went over and laid hands on her and she left and, and she too had a baby and that baby's healthy today so I'm not going to so I'm not going to agree that she's even going to have a uh, unhealthy baby but I believe God is so able what's their names Chris all just stretch your hands this way and let's all agree father right now we bring andrew to you chris's son in his name father we ask you for wisdom for those doctors in the name of jesus father it doesn't matter how many tests that they've run you can order the right one but father we ask you right now for supernatural and the life of andrew in jesus name we speak healing to him. We speak yes. deliverance to him. We break every generational yes. curse that will try to come down on Andrew in Jesus' name. And we call him healed and whole in Jesus' name. We break those assignments that are set against him coming down through this heritage, coming down through the line. Break those things in Jesus' name. And Andrew, we speak healness, healing and wholeness. You. We bind the enemy against him, Father, and we speak healing to this little baby girl. Ha, ha, Father, we speak healing to her in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that this be a time for that mommy and daddy, that they'll seek you with their whole hearts. You said when we seek you with our whole hearts, we'll find you. And God, you are all they need in this time right now. So, Father, we thank you for supernatural intervention and for the testimonies that's going to come forth out of Chris as he sees you manifesting in his family. And for the miracle of Andrew and his baby and for this mommy and daddy and the many, many multitudes that it will touch. Now, Father, we release the whole situation into the will of God. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. Yeah, 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 amen. Amen. Ryan, could I get you to share your story again for those that weren't here? 
Do you mind? I love to hear of redemption and freedom and deliverance, and it's good. Thank you, sir. Uh, my name's Ryan, and uh, well, I, uh, I've been hooked to drugs for a long time. I work out on the river, and just, I'd work for 20 days on, I'd come home, just party, 20 days straight, you know. <clears throat> I was hooked on pain pills, and then it, on the hair, and my life was just going down the wrong road real fast, and my mom begged me and begged me, she's been praying for me for years, and she just asked, she'd go to conferences and other churches, and she's like, Ryan, you need to get delivered of this, and I was like, I know, mom, and I was just, I'd take it off, I just wouldn't listen, and she's like, kept on inviting me to different conferences, and I just put it off, well, I was getting off the boat on the 10th, and Todd Bentley was going to be up in Lancaster, and she's like, Ryan, us a room, and uh, Todd, I think you can be delivered if you need want to be. And I was like, I'll think about it, Mom. I just prayed about it, and I just felt the need I should go. So I went, and uh, Todd had people up there praying for cancer and stuff, and uh, he's like, is there anybody here wanting to be delivered of anything? Just lift your hands to the God and ask for it. And I did, and, I, and he just there's someone, there's a young man here with a drug addiction. I'm looking around, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know, you know. And my mom's looking at me, she goes, Ron, yeah. And I went up there, and it's just, it just, the presence of God hit me real quick. And Todd put his hands on me, and I wasn't on my feet very long. I was down on the floor, just pretty much pulsating. Stuff was coming out of me, and, and uh, I've, I have a lot of friends, a lot of my friends are just, they're drug addicts is like I was. And you know, everybody I'm pretty much around a good bit is drug addicts. And I, you know, I don't want to be away from my friends, you know, and they, I just go there and I watch them doing the drugs and have no urge to want to hey, cut me out one or give me one or I have no urge to do that anymore. And they just look at me and what's this about you, Ryan? You have this glow on I was sober man I was like I'm sorry he's like what'd you do find God and I'm like yeah I did <laughs> like I was like oh well I was like you'll never find a bigger high than, than that and just, so that's what happened yeah that's good yeah.
Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just uh, want to share with you something that God did for me this morning, but I want to go back just a little bit. He spoke to me some time ago. Um, he said, take 10 minutes with me. And I thought that was strange because I did a lot of reading and studying and all kinds of things. But no, that wasn't it. The 10 minutes was just to be quiet before him, to have some intimacy, intimacy with him because he loves us. You've heard that. He loves us. He loves us so much. And I was so impressed this morning, encouraged that he's, he's, he's going to, how did you say it? You're going to, he is going to reveal it to us in a greater way. He's going to reveal his love to us in a greater way. So anyway, I learned, it wasn't, I had to learn how to take that 10 minutes. But now when I get up in the morning, I said, okay, Lord, I'm taking 10. And oftentimes I look at the clock when I say I'm taking 10. Because, <laughs> you know, you just have to check that time. I do. I get I get lost in time sometimes. So this morning, he doesn't always give me scripture, but today he gave me scripture. And um, as I was just quiet before him, he said, um, I wrote letters to the seven churches. Oh, okay. So I turned to Revelation. Well, which church? Well, he just said seven churches. So I started out and it said, grace to you. And peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. And witness here in my Bible is written very boldly. And I looked up witness. And the Greek word for witness is martyr. Jesus was martyred for us. We often read it, witness. And we are to be witnesses. So there's something in us that needs to die to give to him so that we can be witnesses. We are being martyrs. Something needs to die in our flesh, in our souls. He is the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the, of the earth. To him who loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And that's where I just went into a different place because there was Jesus and with his own blood, with his own blood. And I wondered, where is that coming from? But of course it was coming from his hands, from his side. You, we, sang a, we sing songs about the fountain of blood. But with his blood, and he took his hands and he was just washing me washing me in his blood and it was so so personal he was washing me with his hands in his blood scooping up his blood and washing me washing me because he loved me and he loves you and he wants to be intimate with us there's nothing more intimate than somebody giving you a bath he gave me a bath this morning with his hands with his blood and cleansed me 
and he cleansed us. He cleanses us with his own blood. So it's like the pastor saw when he went soaring in the heavens and how big God's love is. It's as small and as intimate as him washing us with his blood. Um, He made us to be kings and priests. But there he is. He He just showed me how much he loved me how much he loves the church, how much he loves you and me. He loves us. But do we love him? How do we respond to that love? Do we just receive his love and go on and do our own things? Or do we really witness? Do we we lay down our lives? Do we become martyrs? Um, And I don't mean that we should actually die, but some might need to, but we need to lay aside those things that we desire, laying aside oh, whatever comes before God, whatever comes before him. I had to have prayer this morning to quiet down. I was just so beside myself. Where This is the book of Revelation. I never used to read the book of Revelation. I read it, you know, passed the words over, my eyes passed over. And, I didn't, and so I read the book of Revelation, but, it, but it's more alive today. And I think it's important because it's the time we're living in. Jesus is coming soon. Our bright and morning star, keep your eyes in the he- to the heavenlies because our bright and morning star is coming soon. He takes me from uh, Daniel, which didn't used to mean much to me. I'd read it because you need to read it, but now it speaks to me. God speaks to me out of, he spoke to me this week out of Daniel, that God is um, the ancient of days. But this morning, it's about that being who he wants me to be because he loves me. And if I love him, then I want to be what he wants me to be. He loves you so much, and he wants to speak to you. Take 10 minutes. Take 10. Take 10 and just be very quiet before him. When I started doing this, it took me an hour and a half to get my soul and body quiet, but it was very worth that 10 minutes. Um, to get to that 10 minutes. Now, it's, it's no problem at all. Now I can just say, Lord, I'm taking 10, and I'm there. And he wants you there. He wants you there because he has some personal things he wants to say to you, some personal things he wants to say to you. Okay, it's getting kind of crazy. Everyone's moving around. Go ahead. Okay. But anyways, like, you see me up here, and we're, we're laughing a bit. Um, I used to make fun of people who acted like this. And I took a uh, four-day sabbatical. Is that an accurate term for when I leave town? I took a four-day sabbatical to meet a friend of mine. And this church, like, they don't 
they kind of stay away from the weird stuff. And uh, these kids, I was meeting with these youth kids, and we were praying, and the joy of the Lord fell, and this kid started laughing. I, I didn't touch him. I didn't say anything about anything. And he's like, God wants to laugh with me. God wants to laugh with me. I thought I had to be serious in prayer. I thought I had to be blah, blah, blah. He's like, God wants to laugh with me. He just started laughing, dude. And I wanted to share, like, um, that, like, it is about how you receive. Not just love, it's anything of God. Revelation, joy, love, peace, all of it. It's how you receive. Because remember, the sun will melt ice, but it'll make clay hard. God pours out a miracle. The Pharisees want to crucify him. Another group of people wants to leave everything. It's a condition of your heart. And I'll share a testimony of that. That I, my, both my parents were killed when I was young. My dad shot himself, and my mom died drinking and driving. And my mom told me that it was... My mom that adopted me said that your mom left it in her will for you to be adopted to us. And a normal person would be like, oh, my, my real mom was looking out for me. But the way I took it was that I'm an obligation. And I would ask, like, why couldn't my parents get together? And I'd ask them questions, and my parents would just get upset. They wouldn't talk about it. So I took it as I did something wrong, there was something wrong with me. So my whole life, there was this earning my keep, so to speak, underneath my parents' house. I got a 4.0, and I was the standout and whatever. And my dad never told me he loved me, and he never hugged me and stuff. But my mom was always, like, loving, loving, loving. And um, I always felt like a striving, like I had to earn it, had to earn it. And... Um, then I went crazy, started using drugs, all this stuff. My parents, they were like, my mom, it was to a place where my mom would call me every two weeks. She's like, I'm just trying to make sure you're alive. I'm just trying to make sure. And I would cuss her out on the phone, like, get out of my life. Leave me alone. I don't want you. And I'd throw money at her. I had like 100 grand at, at my 19. I'd throw money at her. I'm like, just leave me alone, you know. And uh, then I got saved. And my parents, like, my mom sat up in the emergency room when I overdosed. My mom, like, I cussed her out and spit at her. But they never, they're like, we're always here for you. We're always here for you. We're always here for you. But I was so angry in my heart. When I got saved, I went through six months of writing letters perpetually to my parents, asking forgiveness and telling them how much I appreciated the love that they put. It was like there was a dam in my heart. And once God removed that dam, all that love that was pent up for my entire life came flooding in. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. It's all about the condition of your heart to receive. And when you repent, all you're doing is changing your perspective. It's not like, oh, God, I'm sorry. Blah, blah. There, there's godly sorrow that comes, but it's just literally changing of the mind to say, Lord, do what only you can do. I don't feel it. Put me in a place where I can. And just receiving. Because this is a trust relationship. He's not going to give you something bad, wrong, weird, whatever, man. But I, I know a lot of people struggle. They're like, I just don't feel the love of God. And that's what that girl said. That girl was like, I just don't feel it. And it's not, you know, in a relationship, people, she put, made it about her. But if someone says, it's not you, it's me. In a relationship, we all know what that means. It's you. And you really are saying it is God's. But it's not God. It's you. The love, it's like Pastor said, with the perspective of the love. It's all about perspective.